0: Welcome to Perspectives. I am your host of the hour, David Howard. God bless each of you. I pray that you had a wonderful week and my hope is that today's message finds each of you well. Thank you for listening as I am forever grateful for this occasion to minister to each of you. My desire is that the words I share touch your heart and meet you right where you are at this very moment. Be encouraged and know that no matter where you are or what you may be going through, Jesus loves you. Be blessed and may God continue to cover you in his bountiful grace and mercy. Before we begin today's podcast, I want to ask a special prayer for the McIntosh family as we lost Mary at 4:30 p.m. this past Sunday. Growing up, we heard a lot about chivalry and the age of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. However, I can't quite understand why the table was round. We watched its depiction in Hollywood classics as men would spread their coats across the of water so that the damsel crossing the street would not get wet. Just as well, holding open doors and the slight tip of the hat were customary as well in what we consider the golden years, a sign of distinct courtesy. I can recall the old cartoon entitled Penelope Pitstop in which the antagonist was named the Hooded Claw. Of course, you have to look him up. He would seek to kidnap her, and once he succeeded in doing so, one of his plots was to bind her up and lay her across the path of an oncoming train. As news traveled of her demise, her heroes-in-waiting, which was seven of them, rushed to the rescue in a car named Chigaboom. Of course, that's not relevant to today's message. Arriving in the nick of time, as the train barreled down the track at the full speed, and they would always echo the oft repeated phrase, to the rescue. What I've realized as a Christian is our lives can serve as testimonies. Our words can soothe and provide comfort. Our presence can offer shelter, but what took me some time to grasp was that in spite of my best efforts, and no matter how frustrating it might be, I do not have the capacity to save anyone that is reserved for God alone. I can offer, ask, urge, plead, and beg But it was not that I bore the cost of redemption. Jesus did through his death and resurrection. It is a task far too great, an immeasurable cost to be exact, for humanity to forbear. And it was not until or just after when we decide to yield and come to the conclusion that we are incapable of even saving ourselves, that God is able to respond to our call. The Mississippi Mass choir echoed such sentiment in the chorus of their song, I need thee. And it goes as such, I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. Bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. It is not a collective cry, but an individual plea that draws us to the altar of God and causes us to lay down our lives before him. Today's podcast is titled, To the Rescue. The first scripture for today comes from Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. And it reads as such, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own, it is the gift of God. Have you ever thought that you can change someone, shaping and molding them into what it is that we desire, rather than what god has intended for them to be we beat upon them mercilessly with the word forbearing grace altogether strong-fisted and accusatory is the method that we use but giving little room for mercy and compassion for those that have answered affirmatively how did it work out for you sometimes the more we try to change them the more difficult it becomes often creating an impassable obstacle, a breach in which there is no compromise, after which many years pass, our love fades, our compassion has limitations, and our once joyful disposition now reflects one of frustration. One cannot be saved and gain a right relationship with God by good works alone, acts of kindness, or our valiant effort to keep the Ten Commandments as a form of ritual religious acts. We can only be saved by God's grace and unmerited favor. One must respond to God's provision of mercy through His Son, Jesus Christ. Spiritual salvation comes as a gift of God's grace, but it can only be received and become personally effective in our lives by our response through faith. We try to get them to flow with the current But they prefer to fight vehemently against it as a show of just who is in charge it is not that they are rebelling however it is necessary for us to recognize we are not he who has sent into the world we are neither savior nor redeemer we become frustrated because we do not visibly see a change it seems our efforts even at their best are in vain salvation is born out of necessity not out of convenience. It springs forth out of desperation, hardship, and brokenness. For when we are at our weakest, God is able to show forth the beauty of redemption's price. He can save to the utmost, the greatest and most extreme extent. It is Jesus that spoke the words, I am with you always, even until the end of the age, and I will never leave you nor forsake you also written it says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them he delivers them from all their troubles the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit that is from Psalm chapter 34 verses 17 and 18 however salvation was not born through us yes we water and plant we deliver the message of repentance redemption and salvation, but we must be willing to acknowledge that that power, that ability, and that authority rest in the only begotten of the Father alone. It is he that said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And similarly, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That is something that we physically cannot provide, no matter how dire the circumstance. Therefore, we must cling to the blessed hope that God is able to do abundantly more than we could possibly ask, and the faith to know that he is able to accomplish all that he has promised. He only knows the appointed time and season for our calling for some the road seems less difficult, while for others God must strip us nearly naked to get our undivided attention, to warn us that the end of this life is near and eternally draws us nigh, that we may wholeheartedly acknowledge that we need the Lord. By reading Psalm chapter 18 verses one and two, it reads as such, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. It is astonishing how our understanding grows in Christ, as I believed once upon a time that as we mature in our faith, the preconceived notions and myths seem to disappear And we are left with the pure and unadulterated word. I believe I was doing God a favor by wanting to save others, not clearly understanding that I was merely a vessel in which he told to go. I wanted to rescue anyone in distress, hoping they would see through a similar lens, supposing it was I myself that show forth God's mercy upon others. I did, however, learn a very valuable lesson many years ago that was impactful and hurtful at the same time, which caused me to re-examine my approach to sharing the gospel and ministering to others. I went forth understanding that a very good friend of mine was struggling with the urgent issue and believing I was being led by the Spirit, I assumed that I could help. As I took them by the hand and began to pray for them, I won't say with them, they immediately withdrew and in response said, get your cotton-picking hands off of me. You need to pray for yourself. I was hurt, devastated, and in disbelief as I inquired of the Lord repeatedly as to what I had done wrong. I believed I was rightly following all the examples that were set before me and had a genuine desire to see others saved. And while it was not immediately But rather, some years later, as I matured in faith, I realized even to this day that I am only an earthen vessel in which God has poured His Word and given His Spirit without the ability to deliver salvation unto those in need or to save anyone unto an eternal hope. I was powerless to do anything or even respond. We yearn for our lost friends and loved ones. Our heart aches for their deliverance. We plead and intercede on their behalf. And we ask as Abraham did when God shared what he was to do with the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham thus begins to beseech God because he recognizes God's mercy. He pleads by saying 50, 45, 30, 20, and then 10 was his plea for mercy And the Lord said, if he finds 10 righteous in the city, that he would spare it. And like us, we so far off what is approaching, but only through the death and resurrection of Christ, salvation rests squarely in that individual's hands. There are no collective pathways, for we must all come to the point where we come face to face with the necessity of our soul. We wander about aimlessly, not knowing why. We constantly feel a restlessness and emptiness that rests persistently within our hearts, asking ourselves repeatedly, What is this? We seek instantly to fill and quench the void, only to discover it yet remains. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 11, it reads as such Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be there. Everyone that has found themselves in God's presence has been changed, for adversity drives us to our knees. As a young man, I faced the same, living in a world that I didn't quite fit in. My life had just begun to blossom, having left home about five years prior. I longed to fill the emptiness and void, but there was no one to do so. I read the word and I witnessed firsthand the testimony of others in hopes that God would endow me with the same manner. Having reached the depth of darkness in the valley, I was only there that God found me all alone. I was broken and destitute and my heart ached for something that I was not yet familiar with. Yes, I was baptized and gave my life to Christ at a very young age, but I was an adult now and the child's anchor did not suffice. I needed just a little bit more, something that would keep me as the winds billowed and the waves crashed upon my life. I needed something that only the omnipotent hands of God could deliver as the blood of Christ washed me clean and save me from the treachery caused by none other than myself. I can reiterate the words of Jesus when he says, thy faith has made thee whole. It does not mean that everything was perfect. It does not mean that I never again suffered heartache and hardship, but it clearly implies that I am redeemed, bought with a price in which the innocent blood of the Savior hath washed me clean. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 22 says, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. While we lack the physical attributes to change anyone, to turn their hearts to God, to save them to the utmost, prayer changes everything. Changes that occurred through and because of prayer are both bountiful and beautiful. It demonstrates our frailties and weaknesses and draws a very distinct line between what God can do and what we are able to do. We live with family members, friends, and loved ones who we desire to see saved. We question them without end. We warn them constantly and feverishly of the place called hell. We give them scripture upon scripture and verse upon verse telling them of the goodness of God's immutable grace and mercy, and while years appear to pass, we see absolutely nothing, or so we suppose. Our hearts ache on their behalf, and we without fail continue to place their name before the throne of glory, asking God constantly to intercede on their behalf, and still our eyes fail to witness even an inkling of change. We begin to question when our mothers, fathers, spouses, children, brothers, and sisters, friends, relatives, and loved ones continue to what appears consciously to walk contrary to God's word. But again, I ask, does salvation rest in us or in the crucified, resurrected Savior? Was it by our blood that redemption's price was paid or was it through Christ? Is it by our stripes that we are healed? Or as we did not suffer nearly the same indignation? In Jesus' is departing, his words were simply to go. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh through the Father except by me. Each of us has a point in our lives in which God calls us, an appointed time in which he draws us away from our present life, our sinfulness, heartache and suffering, and shows us a more perfect way. A time in which the desperate nature of our need can only be addressed through a divine miracle. One in which we humbly acknowledge we cannot save ourselves, no matter how good and self-righteous we believe we are. God alone can fix it. He can fix us. He can fix our loved ones, but we must ourselves acknowledge such. We cannot save anyone because the price of sin was not ours to bear. We are not our own. We were purchased with a price. The ransom was and remains today the life that Christ gave on behalf of us because of God's enduring love towards us. We do not want to mess up what God is doing in someone's life trying to get their attention, but we find ourselves so anxious to place our hands in the pot, adding our own ingredients, turning up the heat to speed it up, or adding salt when it is not required, or removing it from the flame before it is done, when God has already set forth a perfect recipe for their redemption. I encourage all of those that have been praying and pleading for God to save a loved one To continue to do so, continue to do so without ceasing, as the scripture reminds us as well as holding fast that the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And they do, but in doing so, consider as well where our work ends and God's begins. Yes, heaven and hell are real, and we do not want anybody to go to the latter. But we do not have the prerogative to place anyone there albeit in word deed or thought god alone not needing our help is the righteous judge and he will determine where each of us will spend eternity proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it Faith is more than an intellectual exercise, acknowledging that Jesus paid the ransom of sin's price for our redemption, but rather the exercising of faith that brings about true biblical faith by which a person surrenders complete control of their life to God. We can intercede on their behalf, but we cannot do it for them. Education, yes, is essential to a child's growth, and development and plays a vital role, and now they will fit into society. But one's academic prowess does not eliminate the specter of moral corruption or one's ability to determine what is right biblically and just. Just as everyone has to experience life on their own terms, likewise each of us experience salvation in the same manner. Our drawing nigh unto God is tailor-made for each of us, No two are alike, as our experiences, positive and negative, differ in both magnitude and scale. What is this desire, this yearning that so many of us have to rescue someone, to save them from every obstacle or hazard they may face in life? We urge against the pitfalls of life that bring sudden or immediate hardship. We cast a proverbial safety net each time they stumble and fall only to discover weeks, months, or years later, they are right back where they started. Thus, we again acknowledge how powerless we are because we would not allow God to finish the job. We want our kids to look like us, think like us. We want our spouses to be on one accord, evenly yoked. We want our families and friends to behold the glory of the Lord in our lives and follow accordingly, not comprehending, it is not the roadmap that God intended for their lives. Therefore, it sometimes appears that they are repeating the same test over and over again, facing the same circumstance a multitude of times in their lives, because we share with them and gave them our way, our solution, so they can become like us rather than the outcome that God intended. In closing, fight as we may until the bitter end. No matter our might, no matter the fluidity of the words we use, no matter how well we split apart and reassemble scripture, as excellent as they may appear, they are not the established or essential cornerstone of salvation and God's desire to save every one for us. We can plead feverishly on, behalf, on their behalf, but in doing so, We must loose our hands, our stronghold on the situation, and allow God to bear forth all, not some, of what he desires, that the world may know that God is alive in his people. And finally, in Psalm chapter 34 and verse 19, it simply reads, The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Amen. Thank you for listening and sharing your time with me. I would love to hear your thoughts about today's podcast. You can respond by sending an email to howarddc42 at yahoo.com or text to the phone number from which you received today's episode. For those listening to me via Spotify, you can respond by leaving a message via the submitted link at https colon backslash backslash podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash david66634 backslash message. God bless each of you and may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you until we meet again. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage.